The final act of the Exodus from Egypt is the miraculous splitting of the Red Sea. How do we relate to miracles in a scientific age? What is our approach to the miraculous? So there's a Gemara in Masechet Shabbat, Daf Kuf Yudchet Amud Bet, 118b, and it reads as follows: Amar Rabbi Yosi, Yehechelki, Migomrei Halel, Behol Yom. May my portion be among those who complete Halel every day. So that's the Rabbi Yosi statement. Now the Gemara continues and it says, Aini, is this really so? Ha'amar Mar, Mar said, Ha'kore Halel Bechol Yom Harezem Mecharef Umegadef. Mar made the statement that someone who reads Halel every day is really being disgraceful and denying uh, God or blaspheming Hashem. So how do we resolve that contradiction? On the one hand, Rabbi Yossi wants to be among those that say Hal every day, and Mar is, says that uh, such, such an act of saying Hal every day is disrespectful. It's uh, denying and blaspheming and uh, disgracing Hashem. So the Gemara answers, he says, Ki kamrinan repsuke de zimra. When we, what we're really talking about here, what Rabiosi's statement referred to, was not the halal hamitsri, not the halal that we say on holidays, but he was talking about the halal of psuke de zimra. So to recap, the Talmud quotes the opinion of Rabiosi, who states that he wishes to be among those who recite halal daily. A contradiction to this opinion is introduced in the text, stating that those who recite halal daily belittle and blaspheme the Almighty. The Talmud reconciles this contradiction by distinguishing between two distinct meanings of the term halal, praising the miraculous. Rabbi Yossi was referring to the praise recited as part of the daily prayer service, known as Pesuket Zimra. It's a series of Tehillim we say between Baruch Shemar and Yishtabach in the morning. It's really the end of the book of Tehillim. The contradictory opinion was discouraging the recitation of the special praise reserved for holidays, known as Halal HaMitzri. So, the Rav elucidates these two types of Halal, or praise. The first type of praise advocated by Rabbi refers to an appreciation of the awe-inspiring and miraculous natural world around us. The second type of praise, criticized as belittling, refers to the daily praise of miraculous departures from reality or suspensions of the natural order. So here's a quote from the Rav in an essay called Satyrs of Denigration and Praise in uh, Festival of Freedom, one of the uh, uh, Masor HaRav books that recounts uh, transcripts from another number of his lectures. So it reads as follows. Pesuket Zimra is the halal for the cosmic drama, for organic life and inorganic matter, the astral world, heaven and earth, the seas and forests, essentially for nature. Halel HaMitzri, recited on holidays, on the other hand, gives expression to our specific relationship with God, to the miracles that took place not in natural processes, the cosmic drama and the rules of nature, but in specific miracles that defeated cosmic causation. It refers to the miracles responsible for the emergence of the covenantal community and the unique singular relationship between Israel and God, the exodus from Egypt and God's revelation throughout our history. A person who says Halal HaMitzri every day is a blasphemer because this indicates that he believes one can see God only through miracles, only when he acts contrary to the established cosmic order. 
while the natural world remains an empty mechanical affair. The daily recitation of Pesuke de Zimra, on the other hand, affirms that one finds God's glory manifest and revealed through the cosmic order, through the regularity of nature and the harmony of the spheres, through the starlit heavens and the blossoming trees, end quote. So Rav Slavichik notes that Judaism is not a religion founded upon singular miraculous experiences. A religion based on the supernatural cannot survive in the natural world. Only a religion that provides a framework for everyday reality can sustain itself from generation to generation. Thus, the Talmud criticizes an overemphasis on the miraculous. Turning the miraculous into a religious philosophy is antithetical to Judaism. It belittles rather than glorifies for the order present in the natural world is far more awe-inspiring than the intermittent suspension of this order. What then is the import of the miraculous? The Ramban addresses this question in his commentary on the Torah as he discusses the ideas behind the mitzvah of of Tifilin. He says, Umin hanisim hagidolim hamefursamim adam modeh benisim hanisterim shehem yesod haTorah kula. So, Translating that from the openly miraculous, a person comes to appreciate the subtly miraculous, which is at the foundation of the entire Torah. In other words, the momentary suspension of a natural law ultimately elicits an appreciation of the miraculous character of the perfectly functioning system of nature. This inspired perception is a superior realization of the divine role in the natural world. The ideal religious experience is reaching an understanding and awe of the natural laws of the universe. This is indeed the approach advocated by Rabbi Yossi in the Talmud, which was codified into the daily morning service in uh, Psalms 145 to 150 from Ashrei uh, until the end that we recite every day. King David's portrayal of the awe that results from the observation of the natural world is indeed humbling and moving. Alternatively, as the Talmud points out, Praising the miraculous occurs only on specific celebrations, such as Passover. A sprinkling of the miraculous can be inspirational, but it is not designed to be a primary basis of our religious philosophy. The response to the suspension of the laws of nature must yield to an appreciation of the vast and awesome systematic order present in the universe. The uh, Nobel laureate physicist Richard Feynman beautifully describes the vast depth hiding just beneath the surface of the seemingly mundane. A poet, I think it is, who once said, the whole universe is in a glass of wine. I don't know, I don't think we'll ever know in what sense he meant that. (laughs) For the poets don't write to be understood. But it is true that if you look at a glass of wine closely enough, you will see the entire universe. There are the things of physics the twisting liquid, the reflections in the glass, and our imagination adds the atoms. It evaporates, depending on the wind and weather. The glass is a distillation of the Earth's rocks, and in its composition, as we've seen, the secret of the universe's age and the evolution of the stars. What strange array of chemicals are in the wine? How did they come to be? There are the ferments, the enzymes, the substrates, and the products. And there in wine was found the great generalization. All life is fermentation. Nor can you discover the chemistry of wine without discovering, as did Pasteur, 
the cause of much disease. How vivid is the claret, present pressing its existence into the consciousness that watches it. And if our small minds, for some convenience, divides this glass of wine, this universe, into parts, to physics, biology, geology, astronomy, psychology, and all, remember that nature doesn't know it. So we should put it all back together and not forget at last what it's for. Let us give it, let it give us one final pleasure more. Drink it up and forget about it all. <laughs> In summation, anyone can be moved by witnessing the ten plagues or the splitting of the Red Sea. But it requires a different outlook to be moved by everyday phenomena. Our ultimate objective is an appreciation of the divinity implanted within everyday life. The Torah does recount specific miracles, but these miracles in turn orient us towards the magnificence and elegance of the natural world in which we live, reminding us that it too is miraculous.